Broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University, it's 88.7 WLUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. Thrilled to be here. Thank you for joining me every Sunday morning at 11 here on 88.7 FM WLUW. Got an hour uninterrupted of your favorite small town kid. Go to the Loyola Phoenix, Nick Schultz. I know Sister Gene pretty well. I think he's the sports editor there. He is. Right? He's a sports he's editor. Yeah. Sports good, columnist, sports writer. And, uh, and there's a, there's... I'd be lying if I said I wasn't watching baseball in class. Nick Schultz, who is a, a rising star in this profession. Our guy, Nick Schultz, covers... Loyola for the student newspaper there, the Loyola Phoenix. I have to keep pinching myself <laughs> and asking if this is real. I cannot believe this is happening. I'm a poor, starving college student, so I would say I was physically here, but I wouldn't say I was mentally here. That's a new intro for a new era here at the Sunday Sports Shootout on 88.7 FM WOUW, Chicago Sound Alliance. I'm your host, Nick Schultz. This is my first show taking over for Daryl Horowitz. He's retired to Charlotte, North Carolina. I heard a rumor we might hear from him later, by the way, so stay tuned. Truly excited to be here. Can't thank Daryl enough for bringing me on a little over a year ago as his co-host, and now he's trusting me with the show after he retired. And I am just so excited for this. And we have, there's so much to talk about this week, too. I mean, I tweeted it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Schultz underscore seven. I'll put the phone number out in a little bit to give me a call. There's a lot to talk about this week, and I'm calling this Cubs Therapy Sunday. Because I can't believe this. Like, I don't know. But we got Bears talk. There's probably going to be some Blackhawks talk, because hockey season's coming up, too. But today's going to be mostly Cubs. So we'll see what happens. But I do, there's only one way to start off this new chapter for the show. And I'm, I got it queued up. I'm I'm just going to turn this over to my friend, Judge Smales. I've got a little, a little poem that I'd like to read in honor of this occasion, if I may. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. It's easy to grin when your ship comes in and you've got the stock market beat. But the man worthwhile is the man who can smile when his shorts are too tight in the seat. <laughs> if anyone knows me, and odds are if you're listening, you probably know me. I love movie quotes, and Caddyshack is one of my favorite movies of all time. And I, it, that was the only way I knew I had to start the show was with that legendary speech by Judge Smales on the Flying Wasp was his boat before he scratched Rodney Dangerfield's anchor. So we got a lot in store today, and like I said, the Cubs are, well, they're the Cubs. They were undefeated when I, I started my internship at NBC Sports Chicago September 9th, and it was all, they were undefeated whenever I worked until yesterday. Well, technically I worked Friday, but I was working high school light, so I wasn't really in the station. I was out in the field. Man, that game was tough. And I, I so I have a class on Tuesday, Thursday. It's a sports reporting class, and on Thursday, my professor, who is a former Chicago media member, is a Cardinals fan, and my assistant sports editor at the Phoenix sits next to me. She's a Cardinals fan, so they're sitting there. We're talking about this. We're talking about this weekend. I'm sitting there. Mark my words, Cubs are going to get swept this weekend. And my professor looked at me and he said, "You're telling me a team that hasn't won at Wrigley Field all year is going to come in and sweep? I'll take that bet." Hey, I'm just saying we're three three games out of four, and the fourth game might not even get played because it's going to downpour later. Who's laughing now? So far, I'm right. I can go work for Vegas with these odds. Because I got to tell you, this team does not look good. <laughs> All you can do is laugh. I mean, they lost in the 10th inning the other day after that comeback. I don't even want to talk about Friday's game. And yesterday, I don't, I don't even want to talk about yesterday's game, but it's so... Oh, man, I'm ticked off. They're not going to make the playoffs. Today's their last game at Wrigley Field. I just, I can't, I don't even know what to say. But without further ado, I do have, I do, one more thing I have to share. 
Found th- I found this out on my way in today. Bruce Miles, he's the Cubs beat reporter for the Daily Herald. He's been on the beat for over 20 years. He announced today that he's retiring after this year from the beat. So today's his last game at Wrigley. And Bruce is a fellow Loyola guy. He graduated here in the 80s, I believe. And he's, he's just a class act. I've gotten to know him really, really well over the last couple of years. And I just want to say con- congratulations and best of luck to Bruce and whatever retirement brings. I love reading his stuff. He's a, He and I are fa- fans of similar music. We're both big Rush fans. And I've, I've met him at a couple Loyola basketball games, ran into him on campus. He's always supportive of us at the Phoenix. Can't thank him enough. And I don't, he's probably doing pregame stuff, so I don't think he's listening. But I just want to just congratulations to Bruce Miles and best of luck in retirement. So it's basically, uh, Cheryl Ray Stout put it best. It's basically the end of an era here. You're losing Gary Pressey, the organist. You're losing Bruce Miles on the beat. Cubs aren't going to be on WGN anymore. Like, it's crazy stuff. So I, I think we have a we have a caller on the line, don't we, John? Hang on, who 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 could who could this be? Who who is Daryl from Charlotte? Hi, I'm a new listener uh, from Charlotte. I love your show. I, I think the show is so much more professional than it used to be. I used to listen before, but man, today it's the best I've ever heard it be. Well, that's because we had a Caddyshack quote. Come on. Yeah, you get Steve from Caddyshack just going to put it over the edge. And, and I loved your new opening. Now, who's this Nick Schultz guy? He sounds pretty impressive to me. Is he's that some, you? He's some bum. He's a student journalist at the Phoenix. He's just a, uh, he's he, just a kid. People are all talking about him from what I'm hearing. Maybe. Maybe they are. Maybe. And, and by the way, that, that Bruce Miles guy, he's retiring? Yeah, he announced today. He's, he called it semi-retirement on Facebook, but he is... He's not going to be on the Cubs beat after today, or after this, after What's the that? season, I should say. What the heck did I do moving to Charlotte? I could have taken over for him. <laughs> I could, I could be doing the Cubs for the Daily Hero. They need someone now, right? I guess. I just, like I, I said, I just found out to today. Chicago. What'd you say? I might have to move back to Chicago to get that beat. Hey, there you go. Uh, by the way, I didn't know you were a Rush fan. I knew uh, Bruce liked Rush. Oh yeah, uh, I'm a big Rush fan. I know you like the old music. I didn't know you were a Rush fan. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Older 20, or, or what? Uh, like 2112, I like Moving Pictures, Spirit of Radio, Tom Sawyer's my, one of my favorites. I think 2112 is my favorite. Yeah, I, I, I like it all, really. 2112 is incredible. And I, I like the stuff mostly before, like, you know, like, like Hemispheres I liked. Uh, I like the earlier stuff more. Later on, I didn't like it as much. Yeah, as the I earlier did, stuff uh, was definitely better. Absolutely. 2112, unbelievable. I saw them in concert doing 2112 at Alpine Valley. Man, I wish Music I could have saw them in concert. I, I wish they were still touring, but I know Neil, Neil Peart's back's going out, I think, because of the way because of how hard he drums, and it's just it's sad. I normally don't like drum solos, but when he does a drum solo, none better. None better. Definitely. But, uh, by the way... I'm looking out the window, and I'm seeing beautiful sunny day. What are you talking about? Ain't no baseball today. Are, are you serious? Oh, yeah. It's going to rain like crazy up here. <laughs> it's beautiful in Charlotte. They should be playing in Charlotte. The weather would be perfect. Just just keep rubbing it in, why don't you? Just keep just keep putting salt on the wound there because it's going gonna, it's gonna to rain and rain and rain, and I'm not excited. So you're thinking the game's going to be called off today, huh? Yeah, and my roommate works guest services for at Wrigley Field, and he was he was saying as I left, he's like, "You're mad about how they played yesterday. I'm mad because it was supposed to rain this morning, and they had canceled the game before. No, they moved the rain to the afternoon, so I'm gonna be at Wrigley, and we're gonna be there for five hours. Well, they're gonna be there for five yeah. hours anyway. It's September baseball. I mean, and you could probably ask Bruce. I know some of the other guys there are not fond of rain delays. The guys that cover the game, uh, I'm sure Bruce probably isn't either. Uh, but it is, if the Cubs don't play today, does it really matter? Is the season over next Sunday, or is it already over? It's already over. They gave up. I, I this they're not making the playoffs. They, they, I mean this this series against the Cardinals proved just that. I mean you've got biggest series of the year. You're at home, and you're not you're not getting it done. And it's it, some days it's the offense, some days it's the bullpen. <clears throat> Craig Kimbrell. I got some stats to bring up too about Craig Kimbrell. But the Cardinals' magic number is now five to clinch the division, and it's two to eliminate the Cubs from the division. And now going over to the wild card standings, the Cubs are 
three games back of Milwaukee, and that magic number is five to be eliminated from a playoff spot. And they have no – before, those thought, okay, maybe Washington because Washington has fallen down. Washington's five ahead of them in the loss column. Yep. We don't make up losses. So they're done there. I didn't know what happened yesterday with Milwaukee because I knew the Cubs lost. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, their only prayer is if Milwaukee loses. I didn't see that until I saw my wife's phone this morning. And I say, okay, Milwaukee won. They're three out. They are done. And uh, yeah, the, this season's over. That's why I said, like, yeah. Bruce is retiring. Today is his last game at Wrigley Field. Like, they're not, they're, you know, nothing happening. Uh uh-uh. uh. Here's, what, here's what's interesting. Well, Friday, I was, uh, I was actually driving, leaving Chicago, and I'm listening to the game on the radio Friday. And. The radio basically conked out right about as the Cubs made the last out to lose the game. I was just able to get it, keep it, because I said, this game can't go extra innings. Got to either win or lose it now, because I'm not going to get it after that point. And I got it just enough for the Cubs to lose. The day before, the Cubs made a miraculous recovery in the ninth inning, get three runs, and I'm thinking, okay, you don't want to go to the extra innings. Get, get one more run, win the game. Of course, they don't win the game. Then they lose to the Cardinals. And then yesterday, again, my friend, uh, um, actually, I live about five blocks from a bar that had a Cub flag in front of it. Didn't you say there was a Cubs bar down that way? They have have a bar there, yeah. A Cub bar. Yeah. Well, it's not a Cub bar, but it had a Cub flag in front. They had some other sports stuff, too. So I asked inside. Are you, because they got a bunch of TVs, are you able to get the Cub game on the TV? They go, yeah. They couldn't get it up yesterday with the game. Uh, Didn't miss much. Well, I would have been there for basically near the end of the game. So what we did, I looked at my phone, it was working at the time, and I put on the game day, whatever, and I'm looking, you know, pitch by pitch, and I saw the Cubs then took the lead. You know, kept on going back and forth, back and forth. The Cubs took the lead and going to the ninth. So we were walking back to our place. So I said, let's sit outside in the courtyard and let me just watch the pitch thing. Before I went on there, I see a text from my best friend. And it's a bad text. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's already something bad happened before I even put on for the ninth inning. So I guess we already had the back-to-back homers in the ninth inning. And so the Cubs were already down at that point. And then I watched the rest of it on my, you know, just pitch-by-pitch. And I see Javi struck out, I think it was three pitches to end the game. And, uh, he did not look comfortable with... swinging that bat. I was surprised when he even came up to bat. So was I. He's batting? So was I. You know? he, swung, he swung the first time, and I'm like, he, he's hurting. No, no, this is, this is not good. And you know it's not good either, Nick? What's not good? Besides the Cubs as a whole. Well, I think that's it, the Cubs as a whole. I think it really started from the top. I, I think Theo got blindsided not knowing he had no money to spend this offseason. I thought when he made his speech at the end of the season, the concession speech, by the way, if the Cubs aren't playing today, is Steele doing the concession speech today, or is he actually going to wait preliminary to wait till the season's actually over? Uh, that's a good question. I've been kind of keeping my yeah. eye on Twitter here. I Because uh, I, I, I have my computer out. I don't have newspapers in front of me throwing around the studio, so I have Twitter up in front of me, <laughs> and I, uh, I haven't seen anything yet. For John. Yeah, I would say it makes it a little easier on John. <laughs> So what I'm so what I'm like doing is like you know I'm thinking you you gave up the money if there's beeping sorry it's my wife's phone someone's beeping on here but uh, this is how it is when you got professionals so everyone's trying to get a hold of you you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah probably like you know ESPN or you know NBC Sports Channel where you work they're probably someone's calling me up probably maybe the Cubs maybe they said you know Joe we're gonna get rid of him do you want to take over or is going to say, maybe you could help me make decisions in the future. I'm not really sure what I'm doing. I'm kind of like Mr. Trubisky behind the huddle. I'm not very confident Hey, anymore. hey, take it easy on Mitch, okay? I'm still on the bandwagon. Okay, we'll, we'll get, you know, I'm sure we'll get there. You're, you're leading, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> bantering, you know? But, so, I'm thinking, I think Theo got blindsided. I agree. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. Then... So he had no money to spend, and he didn't spend what he had wisely. He got the scale, so he got Brock. That's 0 for 2 there. Uh, uh, yeah. He, is, is Kimbrell considered strike three? or? I'm going to argue no. And I, 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 I had this conversation with my parents last night when I got off work at the station. I'm that kid. Whenever I get off work early enough, I call my mom. Cause I, I call my mom every day, so I 
called her after work, and she put me on speakerphone to and my dad aired his grievances. And there was a tweet yesterday from Joe Ostrowski over at 670 The Score, and he he kind of put it best. And it's not the I guarantee you it's not the most popular opinion, but I I think he's right. I'm trying to find the exact here it is. So Joe O yesterday night said. Every time I brought up Kimbrel's issues, they yelled, small sample, small sample. That's the, not going to say that word, point. They paid him to come in and be a successful closer in a small sample after no camp, missing half the year. You'll have a nice large sample over the next two years. So he came in with no spring training, missed essentially the first two months of the year, two and a half months of the year, and then had two and a half weeks in minor leagues. Yeah, it's going to be rough this year. You're not paying him $43 million for this year. You're paying him $43 million for the next couple of years plus. Well, realistically, though, I don't know if I agree with that. Cause I think you actually were paying him $43 million for this year, knowing if we're going to have a prayer of winning this year, we need a closure. We didn't get one. Morrow's not coming back. We screwed up with that. We didn't do a good job with the bullpen. We didn't do a good job drafting and developing pitching. And this was a desperation move. It's not costing us a draft pick anymore because it went past the limit where you could sign him and not have any compensation. We don't have to trade anybody off of our team to get any guys in the bullpen. This is the move we have to make. Uh, Daddy is letting us get some money so we could actually pay Kimbrell. I think it was totally for this year. And you got the other two years added on. Hopefully, okay, hopefully it'll be good those next two years. But can he get us through this year, get us to the playoffs again? Can we win one more World Series and make the fans happy and give what we were probably promising rather than the one and done and now 108 more years before the next one so no one listening here will ever see that one? I mean, see, here's, I think... Here's the other thing with Kimbrell, though, is he thrives on adrenaline, I feel like. And I've got sta- okay. I got stats up from baseball reference. In save spots this year, he's coming 16 save situations. 222 opponent batting average... 338 opponent on base percentage, 519 opponent slugging, and 250 opponent batting average on balls in play. In seven non save spots, 333 opponent batting average, 419 opponent on base percentage, 926 opponent slugging, 364 batting average on balls in play. The guy is not good in non save spots. He's an adrenaline guy. And I think part of the problem we had yesterday with Kimbrell is that Joe put him in a non-safe spot on Thursday, and he's still dealing with whatever he's dealing with in his elbow, in his arm or something. And I, I just I don't like putting Craig Kimbrell in non-safe spots. No, I agree with you there. And, and you know, if you look at the history, I think for closers in general, they don't do as well in non-safe situations. Yeah, that'd be interesting Guys to look at. Real closers. Yeah, I'm words, pulling yeah. up some other numbers here from uh, a guy that's. It, uh, people have people have opinions on him. It's some some guy named Aroldis Chapman trying to get up on my computer here from uh, mm-hmm. from 2016. I want to find his stats on the same on the same thing. Uh, here we go. Aroldis Chapman in 2016. He let's see. He had he came in 40 save spots, 165 batting average, uh, 253 batting average balls in play. Non he came in 19 non save spots. 145 batting average, 297 batting average balls in play. So he was pretty comparable in mm-hmm. 16. But a lot of times, a lot of closures do have issues. If it's a non-save situation, they tend to blow up. Uh, I've, I've, I've watched it a lot. Not specific instances I could come up with, but at different times. And so to me, yesterday, by the way, I don't blame Kimbrell yesterday. And by I don't the way, either. Hasn't Keiko pitched okay for the Braves? Uh, he had the same situation as Kimbrell. Uh, that's a good question. I haven't I haven't looked up his stats. Let me look that up on the, I'm going Keiko on the Google right now. Reasonably good for them, and uh, and Keiko came up quicker than Kimbrell did. By the way, Keiko's a starter. Doesn't you know he has to technically stretch his arm out? A guy who pitches one inning doesn't really. Uh, uh, if you look at it all the way around, Kimbrell. Uh, here we go. Dallas. Dallas Keiko this year. Uh, he's pitched in 17 games. Eight and six, three sixty three ERA. Not bad without spring training, right? It's not bad, but a three sixty three ERA isn't necessarily good. Well, you know what though? Actually, in today's game, I think it actually isn't. Con- it's considered pretty good nowadays. 
I think if you're under four now, I think they're actually considering it pretty good as a starter. I say I'm I still I'm still an under three guy. I, I mean, well, I'm I'm that way too. That's what I grew up with. But and you didn't grow up with that, Nick. So where the hell are you getting that from? I'm old school. What can I say? You're really old school. You weren't even born when, when that was considered really. The guy is under three ERA. Right, that's a really good pitcher. Yeah, and you cra- even thought of it at that point, for gosh sakes. Baseball references being weird here. I'm trying to find Kimbrell's numbers for this year as a whole instead of just looking at his splits. Uh, here we go. Craig uh, Kimbrell this year is uh, yeah, 6.53 ERA in 23 appearances. I don't think that's good in any year. That that's not good. 20 innings pitched. Or 20 and two-thirds, I should say. And he, he I think he had was like 13 of 15 in save situations previously before yeah. like you know, blowing another one yesterday and obviously not blowing a save the other day but losing the game you know, right. with a homer to uh, you know, Carpenter and all. Mm-hmm. But yesterday, my friend is totally complaining about Kimbrell and calling him words I can't say here and all that. Uh, my friend who texted already, so I already knew bad things that happened before I was able to watch it. Or not watch, but, you know, look at my phone for the ninth inning and hopefully see the Cubs win a game that they had to win. Absolutely had to win. The season was on the brink. You lose this game. You know you're done with the Cardinals, period. Uh, already, I already knew how many games they were behind in the loss column to the Braves. So I, Or not the Braves, excuse me, the Nationals. So I already knew they were pretty much done with the Nationals. The only hope, again, was Milwaukee. And Milwaukee had the easy schedule anyway. Already had the two-game lead. And yeah, now for, that they got rid of that bum Christian Yelich, they're playing. They're playing lights out. Yeah, isn't that, how about and, and, and their other the other guy, the Japanese guy too. Yeah, he's actually a really good hitter. Mm-hmm. Both gone, and they're winning like crazy. I can't and believe they have it. No starting pitching staff. Their starting pitching staff is garbage, and they're winning every game practically. I think they're eight and two of the last ten. Yeah, the Cubs are five and five, which sounds. Average, but they were five uh, by definition. It is now average. They've lost five in a row. They won five in a row. They lost five in a row. Three to the Reds, or excuse me, two to the Reds and three to the Cardinals. All at Wrigley Field. All I think Wrigley that's the Field. part that gets me the most mad is that this is the biggest series of the year. You know that your playoff hopes were ride or die on this, and you're at home. And you've been playing well at home. You've been a, it's the Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde effect. They've been really bad on the road. They've typically been really good at home. And now all of a sudden they're looking like they're playing on the road. I don't get it. And and they were not hitting very well the first two games of the series. And they finally got three runs in you know in the ninth inning to tie the game the other day. But uh, they weren't hitting that game. Didn't hit the game after. They they hit pretty well yesterday, didn't they? They did. They did. They didn't hit well enough. Uh, well, let me ask you something. Was, what, was well yesterday was yesterday the day they hit into four double plays, or was that the day before? I'm not. I'm having a hard time watching the games. Or I think you might have hit the double plays the day before, possibly. One of the, uh, one of the days they've just both just double 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 play machines. Easy for me to say. Yeah, you said it pretty well too. But but here's the thing. See how well you know me. Why did the Cubs lose yesterday? Tell me why the Cubs lost yesterday. Maybe give me a name, perhaps. Let me think. I think it's gonna be. Some guy named Quintana. I guess you know me. I do know you. Yes. Here's my thinking. I'm looking on the phone, uh, and I'm seeing, you know, the Cubs gave up a run in the first inning. No, Quintana did. I'm not surprised, obviously. But then the Cubs come back with three runs. Three to one. All right. And then I think, did the Cubs take, like, did it become 5-3 at one point? Yes. With the, with the Cubs winning, and then it became 5-5? Five, five? Yes. So Quintana kept on giving up the runs, kept on five runs you already had. Okay, hang on, wait a minute. You've got to keep in mind here. The wind was blowing out yesterday. <laughs> it was a you hitter's know, day. Know. Well, let me, let me I, I remember there's different times they've said, and I'm sure you remember this. They're saying, wow, the wind's blowing out. This is really a hitter's game, and the game ends up being 2-1. Right? Haven't there been plenty of games where you thought, okay, there's going to be a lot of scoring today, and then the game is a really low-scoring game, and at the end of the game they'll be shocked and say, well, we really thought today you know, the balls be flying. No one even hit a homer today. That happens a lot. You know, know, the, know what the thing is, Nick? Because you have people that are actually pitching. You have pitchers that are actually pitchers. You don't have a guy 
that's a number five starter that you gave up the number four prospect in baseball for at the time and your number one pitching prospect for. That's a completely mediocre pitcher that started at downfall of the Cubs, like I said, when he made that desperation trade in 17. And here's the thing. You needed to win this game. You scored eight runs yesterday. The guy starting that game yesterday had to hold that team down. He had to go minimum six innings, two, three runs at the most, and he went 3.1 innings with five runs. Yeah, he hasn't All been or- pitching. He has not been pitching well the last few games, and it's it's weird because he was on that hot streak where we we're like, okay, he's gonna throw he's gonna throw the wild card game. No, not anymore. I would like I said, I would never have trusted him to start any playoff game. I don't even know if I wanted him in the bullpen for the team in the playoffs. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. But that's a guy to totally did not trust. I have no confidence in him. And don't forget, I think he's tied for the Cubs or something like that and wins possibly, or maybe he's leading them. But what did I say all along? When Quintana pitches, the Cubs normally score a bunch of runs. Cause I think maybe because they know if Quintana's pitching, we need to score a lot of runs so they have a chance to win. Cause they, they score more for him, I think, than anyone. Earlier in the year, it might have been Lester, I think, had the most runs scored. I think in the last half of the season – They've definitely scored way more for Quintana than any other pitcher on the team. Lester and Quintana both tied with 13 wins apiece. Okay, that's why I, th- I thought it might have been a tie. But, uh, and again, you could, you could say neither one of them has really pitched well. I just trust Lester more. Lester's a far more accomplished pitcher. There's different people that use the, you know, the newest statistics, and they'll say Quintana's the exact same pitcher as Lester. And, I don't, know, I don't count more. No, 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 no. no. War, don't trust war with that. Get, the people, right, the people that say that go by that, and I'm like, they're not even close to the same picture. That's why those statistics, I don't buy into them. Because all you got to do is watch someone, and you know who's better or not. And Quintana's never been close to Lester as a pitcher. Would you, how much confidence? I, I know you might not have a lot of confidence in Lester now, but normally, normal situations, maybe Lester a couple of years ago, wouldn't you have far more confidence in Lester pitching, let's say, a must-win game for you than in Quintana? Yeah. Yeah, I Absolutely. I would trust I would trust Lester in a must win game. Absolutely. Absolutely, and I'll bet you if Lester pitched yesterday, I bet he wouldn't have been out in three point one innings with five earned runs. No, he'd probably been I out would... in five innings with three earned runs. Well, they might have won the game then, right? I guess, depending on how the bullpen did. Well, they did they did enough with the run scored. They would have won the game based on that scoring anyway. True. Yesterday, and again, to yesterday to me was totally on the starting pitcher. Obviously, you hit yesterday. Eight runs is easily enough to win. You haven't been hitting. You've got plenty of runs. You've got runs early. You've given the pitcher like you should make it easy for him, and the guy can't hold him, can't even go four innings in the game. That's a disgrace. And uh, I'm going to hopefully I get my phone because I had my app for all the Chicago stations on it. I could listen to the radio. I, again, I, I'm pitch black. I can't see anything in front of me now. you got a laptop? Hopefully I'm hoping I'm going to have good results today with the phone. And You got a laptop? Uh, uh, my wife has a laptop. I say you can always throw on the streams on the Internet. Yeah. But uh, it's the season. I mean, did you think, Nick, that you would not really care about the last week of the baseball season this year? No, I thought it'd be the best week of the. I thought it'd be the best week of the season. It's exciting. It's September baseball, the race for the playoffs. And I'm sitting here going, the Bears don't play until Monday. <laughs> And do you care about them, for God's sake? So yes. you're leading, but I'm just going there. You know what the heck? Yeah, I I don't even I don't even know what to make of all this. Like it was it we so yesterday I ran I as an intern I run teleprompter and I ran the ran it for the fifth the mid fifth inning hit during the White Sox game, and mm-hmm. we and the Cubs were Cubs were still playing at that point. We walk out after after wrapping up, and I turn to my friend Claire as I walk out of the control room and go, ready to watch Cubs blow this lead. And I didn't look what happened. I knew it was going to happen. Did the future? I did. Uh, and yes, it's not I even did. that hard to predict, unfortunately. No, it's too it's too predictable. This team is way too predictable. And I'm I've just I've had it like I'm just cancel so who, who the season. To play, who do you place the blame on then uh, for you? I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's not entirely on Joe. It's not entirely on Theo. It's not entirely on Jed. It's not entirely on the players. I don't I don't know who exactly to place blame on, but something has to change okay. this offseason. Is it entirely on McLeod? Maybe. <laughs> well, McLeod just got a promotion, so 
Well, I guess not really. It's a lateral move, but it seemed like a it seemed like a promotion, but it's lateral move. Well, what they're trying to do is promote him out of the organization without firing him. Yeah. Hey, we're going to give him the opportunity to do the one thing he hasn't done so he can make himself totally, fully rounded to be a GM somewhere. Right. And I guess because he can't fire his friend, so he can't. He doesn't want to come out and say his friend dropped the ball with drafting and developing, so he says, like, oh, this is the one thing missing, so we're going to give him that so he could get better, more opportunities and uh, and we're not going to fire him, but we're going to take him out of the position because he hasn't done a very good job at it. And I don't want to say that about him. So, easiest way to do it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do it, that's the way to do it there. And by the way, you're listening to the Sunday Sports Shootout on 88.7 FM WLUW with Nick Schultz and Caller Daryl from Charlotte. So, Hi there, y'all. <laughs> so, all right, that's uh, well. I've still got you here. I might uh, might put out the number here in a little bit. You got any predictions for the Bears game tomorrow? Uh, I'm able to watch it. This is good since it's a Monday night game. Yeah, it'll, uh, it'll be on WGN up here. Oh, is it? Yeah, WGN got really? the simulcast. Wow, I didn't know that. That's surprising. Is that going to be the last sports thing then, or what? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. They've got a couple more yeah, games I thought, yet. I thought, they, I thought they did the last cup game they did, or maybe it was last year. Wrigley last one at Wrigley was yesterday. They got, that's they've what got it was. The, I know it was something to do with last of something or other. They've got Saturday at Bush Stadium. Is their last? Is WGN's last? Okay. Uh, oh, next week the meaningless game. Uh, yeah. Obviously, totally meaningless game. Uh, so, football tomorrow. The Bears. Well, I think I've heard Washington's defense is not very good. No, it's and not. They're saying that this is the best opportunity for the Bears and their offense, and hopefully, Mitch Trubisky uh, can have a. Well, let me ask you this. I know you're still a backer, and I haven't given up on him, okay? I've not given up on him. By the way, though, I, I will tell you this. I saw a couple of highlights from Mahomes last week. I saw a couple of those deep balls, and one of them even took something off on, and he laid it right in the receiver's hands on the run. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about a 20-yard pass even. I'm talking like like 40, 50-yard pass perfectly. And I'm watching that, and I'm, I'm disgusted because, I mean, the one reason they drafted Trubisky, the comment that Brian Pace made was how accurate a passer he was. Wasn't that one of the things he said? Uh, that sounds about right. He hasn't been really accurate. And no. He doesn't look very confident this year. I expected to jump up. Like I said, the first year to me didn't even count. With Fox you know, and Dow Loggins, that wasn't even that, – that was nothing. So last year, I thought he looked reasonably good most of the year. I liked the way the offense was going. And then I watched the first two games, and it's horrific. I mean, the last game was the last 30 seconds or whatever it was. That was pretty much the game. And that was kind of incredible, the end. But most of the game to me was totally boring. Again, that's beer football I've watched my entire life, especially offensively, which I'm so tired of. I'm tired of watching that. Aren't you tired of that, Nick? Oh, incredibly. But I still – we gonna... Go ahead. Are we going to – is that what we're going to be getting all you season? Are, is, is he going to look like the guy we were hoping he was becoming tomorrow night, do you think? I think so. I think he's going to go off for 300 yards. Two touchdowns. And that's not even that big a deal anymore. No, it's not. I keep saying that, and I keep thinking 300 yards isn't that big a deal anymore. i got to quit saying he's going off for 300 yards. See, this is, this is what happens. I'm old school. This is just the way my, it's the way my brain works. Exactly. Under three ERA, 300 yards, those are all the numbers you want to hit. And, uh, they're not really the numbers anymore, realistically. And the numbers anymore aren't even necessarily the numbers we like, the way they do the numbers, but, you know. Right. So you're predicting the Bears to win tomorrow, is that's what I'm hearing? 400 and do to zip. No, I'm just kidding. I got them covering the spread. They're four-and-a-half-point favorites. I got them winning. Four and a- I got them winning 24-17. 24 points. Well, you were really going all out there, huh? Big scoring uh, night, huh? Yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm I, telling I, you. Are we talking defensive touchdowns or something? Maybe. I still, I'm still saying, yet. I'm still saying two touchdowns from Trubisky. Oh, passes, you mean? Yeah, and I'm hoping Montgomery gets one for my fantasy team. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean that. I'm well. I'm looking forward to. Well, I think I, I am looking forward to watching the game. I might not be enjoying the game when I'm watching it if I if it's the same as I've watched for two consecutive weeks, uh, but uh, I'll 
you know, in the joy of being optimistic, I'll say the Bears will win tomorrow. I, I, isn't like, is it car- the defense, don't they play like the Tampa 2 or something like that, too? I have no idea. I'm full well, disclosure. I think, <laughs> I think they play like, and they were talking about how simple their defense is, which I've always mentioned. Like, you know, the Tampa 2 is like a simpleton defense, and that's what R- Lovey Smith ran when he ran the Bears. And, uh, like, I, mean, I always mentioned that he didn't seem to know much about football and defense, which is his specialty. And now they're facing a defense, supposedly, that does that. And now it's going to give an opportunity for Mitch Trubisky to hopefully look somewhat. Right right now, okay, I know you're optimistic on Trubisky. You haven't given, I haven't given up either. And I'm not electing Mahomes to the Hall of Fame yet. And I really never wanted to watch it. I never really saw Mahomes in college. I didn't either. And I didn't see Trubisky either, if you want to go there. I didn't want to watch, and I had reasons. Uh, I thought he might, he already had injuries. I thought, like, you know, he might get injured more. There are different things. I didn't know if he was that great a passer, in my opinion. So I didn't want him. Again, Mahomes I couldn't judge because I didn't see him. But right now, your thoughts. Are you <laughs> – who would you want? Like, is, is Trubisky right now number three of who, if you were picking again? I mean, I'm assuming you would say Mahomes no matter what right now, even though you like Trubisky at the moment. So you're asking me if if Mitch is number three between Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, and Mitch? At least at the moment. Like, you know, even, on your, even though you're still following him, loving him, hoping for him, does he look like that's – like when their careers are over, is he going to be the third – Best of the, or might, hopefully, best might not be the word you're using, depending. But I mean, right now, I right now I'd have to say yes, but I, I think when it's all said and done, I think I, it's tough to say because I still think Mitch has a lot of upside. Well, I agree. I don't. He hasn't looked like I expected him to look. He hasn't looked like I thought he looked at times last year. Again, he looks like he's lost all of his confidence. He doesn't know what to do back there. I would definitely have him rolling out more too, as far as that goes. I think he throws better on the run. He does. Uh, I don't know the game plan, what they're calling. It hasn't looked pretty at all. Oh, so, I mean, I don't want you to keep me. I want you to open up in a little bit. Hopefully you'll let John let me stay on until I can hear the rest of your show. But uh, what was your thoughts at the end of that game last week? I mean, at the end of that game was, like, unbelievable. The end of that game, I was, in, I was actually in a meeting for the Phoenix. We have our full staff meeting Sunday night, and so I'm sitting there trying to hide the fact that I'm watching the game. I mean, it's not like a huge deal that I wa- that I was watching the game, but it's one of those things. I'm like, I don't want to be sitting here going, go, 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 in the middle of a meeting. And I'm watching this unfold. I'm just like, oh, my God. I couldn't. I, I couldn't. That was – they deserved to tie that game. That game needed to end in a tie. Both teams did. Yeah. That's my attitude and, and on I, it. And I agree. When, when, when Fangio was going to go for the two, I, I, before he said he was going for the two, I said, I'd go for the two here. I'd try to win the game. And he ended up doing it. You know, he ended up going for the two. Then they get the penalty. Then they're kicking the extra point. They miss the extra point, but they get the penalty. So they get to go for two again. They make the two-point play. And the Bears are like, you know, got decent field position. And then they're not going anywhere. Then the last-ditch play, Mitch steps up in the pocket, makes the pass. Uh, Robinson, he gets down just in time. Like I think it said first, there was no time left. They put the one second on the clock. And then Pinero comes and nails it. And the Bears win, and everyone's going crazy. But you know, I, I said that that wasn't really a victory. You got the win, but that didn't look or feel like a win, did it? No, it didn't. But, hey, Eddie Pinheiro for MVP, even though his knee's so bucking far. him. So far, like I said, he's been good so far. And uh, I, the bad news is I believe he's 4 for 4 right now. Yeah. The bad news is I believe Cody Parkey was 4 for 4 last year, so. That's the bad news. What are you doing saying that name? Uh, well, you know, if you want to... He who shall not be named. I'll do like Les Grobstein does on the overnight show. Someone brings up Joe Girardi for his manager. He, he dumps him. I'm not going to dump you, but that's what... Le- have you heard Les do that? I, I have. I did. I think I actually did hear that before. It's the funniest after, thing. Yeah. And then he uses the dial tone. It is amazing. But I won't do that to you. It, it, and, and, you know... There's no way in the world the Cubs are going to sign Joe Girardi as their no. next manager anyway. Anyone knows that. Or no, anyone, it's going to be David Ross. Baseball <laughs> wow. should know that. But, yeah, it's going to be David know. Ross. 
Well, I, that's what my guess would be. That's what uh, Bob Nightingale said. But I thought all along too. Assuming Ross wants to do it, you know, with the kid thing and all, like if, yeah, uh, I would have done. What I would have done a month and a half ago, I, I could leave it there, and I could, if you could leave me on the phone, it would be wonderful. But I would have done about a month and a half ago is ask Ross if he wanted to take over the team because I like the way Madden was managing things. I didn't think they were going anywhere, and I would have said to him, "Hey, you know, I know you got the kids and all. This could give you like a trial." Would you be interested in taking over if we were going to make a move right now? Because if you're interested, I think we're willing to do it. Otherwise, we might just, you know, let things stand right now. This way you could see if you like managing, if you feel comfortable with the situation and all. So right now you could be interim, and we could talk about if you wanted to be more interim than interim after the season's over. And I think that might have given the Cubs a jolt compared to Joe, possibly, where at least maybe they'd be making the playoffs. I still think they're a flawed team, without a doubt, but it might have given them a little impetus to uh, make a run. Because they, they did nothing the last half. They never got hot, ever, ever, ever. You know, since early in the season, after they had the bad start, and they got hot for a little while. I think they were like 11 games over at one point. Yeah. And then, ever since, nothing. Everyone St. Louis got hot, Milwaukee got hot. Everyone got hot but the Cubs. Only the Cub fans got hot. Yeah, that's that's okay. the best way to put it. And uh, I, I see a great show ahead. I see a great future again for this young man, Nick Schultz. You know, and uh, I I appreciate you letting me be on. Maybe if you like next week, uh, maybe I could just I like the kind of the eulogy for the Cubs is what our thoughts are. If you want for next see what's going to happen in the off season and. Uh, then, like, you know, maybe once in a while you could touch base if you want me that. But, you know, you kind of, like, you know, run with what you want. You could do whatever you want anyway. You could tell me, you know, go. You can't say it on the air, but you know what you could do. But uh, <laughs> I won't be calling all the time. But maybe, like I said, we could do a eulogy next week if you like. And uh, Yeah, we'll talk you know, throughout the week once your phone gets wait. back up and running. Yeah, hopefully I have it something today. Hopefully I don't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Please pray for me, Nick. Pray. All right, well, I'll get Sister Jean on it. I'll go tell, I'll go tell Sister Jean to say a prayer for you. So thank you, Daryl. Thank you, Nick. Uh, great show. Great opening. I love it. And uh, if you could ask John to leave me on and not hang up on me, uh, I appreciate it. I'd say I'm getting the nod, so we're all good. I can still take calls, thanks. then, right? Thanks, Nick. Take care. Okay. Thanks, Daryl. Bye. All right. That was Daryl in Charlotte, former host of the show. So no, do I put the number out? Will I be able to put anyone on? Okay. So we won't put the number out then. So we'll just keep going here. So we talked about the Cubs, talked about the Bears. It's an interesting situation. Uh, can't Since Daryl's on the line, we're not taking calls. So if you want, throw me a tweet at Nick Schultz underscore seven. And I just cannot, I just can't believe we're having this. It's just end of the year. Figure it'd be exciting. And here I, here I am. I don't, I don't care how this week goes. Like I'm just, I'm over it. And I, I was talking to the photo- the photographer I was with for High School Lights on Friday at NBC Sports Chicago, and we were talking about what's going to happen with the Cubs. We're both big Cubs fans, and we both agreed that it's not entirely on Joe Madden. Like we like he was tra- he was defending Joe, and I'm like, ah, Joe's made some questionable decisions. And I, I do think the front office is. I mean, they dealt him the cards, and he's playing his hand. However, he's not coming back next year. The only way Joe Madden is coming back next year is that this Cubs team, you know, the team that is the, the five, the magic number is five for elimination from the playoffs entirely. The only way Joe comes back is if this team wins the World Series. I will stand by, I will stand by that. And I'm sure I'm not alone in saying that's not going to happen. I think I saw odds that the Cubs are what what are they 100 to 1 I think they're 100 to 1 odds to win the world series still it's higher than the Mets Somebody's got 30 to 1 that doesn't seem right But somebody tweeted out today that the Cubs were that's not going to happen So Joe is good as gone and Bob Nightingale said it this week and I'm going to say I'm going to echo his thoughts by Thanksgiving David Ross will be your manager I think that's what's going to happen. I think that might even be what's best for this team because it's they've got 
a lot of problems. And Javi Baez has even said, unprompted, mind you, that David Ross is the reason he's the player he is today. David Ross has the respect in the locker room. He's a fan, The fans love him. I know I love him. And I think he'd be a good fit for the spot. And I think it's going to be a situation like it is in Boston, like it is in New York, where you'll have David Ross, you'll have the name as the manager, the first-time manager. It's gonna be, he's going to be cheap. And you're going to have Theo and Jed pay no attention to the man behind the curtain or men behind the curtain. I think they're just going to be they're going to be pulling the strings and they're going to have it run their way. I think it'd work. I do. So interesting times for the Chicago Cubs. This offseason should bring a lot of change. I'm hoping it brings a lot of change. Then again, I said that last year too, and look where we are. Like we like Daryl and I said, brought in Daniel Descalzo and Brad Brock. That was the change. That's the change we were promised. Brad Brock's not even on the team, and Daniel Descalzo shouldn't be on the team. But they did get Craig Kimbrell midway through the year, and you heard I, I still I still like Craig Kimbrell. I do. I know he's he's had a rough go, but again, quit putting him in non-safe spots. I know yesterday was a safe spot. I'm not I'm not saying don't put him in a spot like yesterday where he down one run. Don't put him in non-safe spots. The guy runs on adrenaline. That's all I'm saying. Cuz I don't like the I I don't like the way Joe uses the bullpen. And I know sometimes and I know sometimes he has to. It's I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, I I mean the Bears I was I hope I was could be excited for a Bears game today and then he'll play until Monday night. I mean they gotta sit through all the other games. Hockey season is still in the preseason. But hey, on the south side of town, how about them White Sox? How about them White Sox? I just can't get over some of these numbers. Tim Anderson's gonna be your AL your AL batting AL batting champ or major league batting champ. One of the two. And Jose Abreu is going to be the RBI champion. There's no no doubt in my mind about that one. Yeah, Tim Anderson's going to be the major league batting champ. He's batting 335 right now. And I love this. <laughs> ESPN, this would have been, I believe, last, was this last week? Uh, put out their stats. They updated their stats. <laughs> and... They had their. I'm trying to. I'm trying to find the screenshot of it. And they, they. Let's just say they didn't put Tim Anderson at the top of the batting list. They basically forgot the White Sox. There's an ongoing joke that ESPN forgets the White Sox exist. Yeah, here it is. This was September 14th, so this was eight days ago. According to ESPN, eight days ago, DJ LeMahieu was leading the American League in batting average even though Tim Anderson was qualified. And they also left out Yoel Moncada. They also left out Jose Abreu. And all of a sudden, Tim Anderson was back on there after people took to Twitter because apparently Twitter fixes everything. Tom Brady can complain about stuff from his couch, and NFL finally does stuff, but don't get me started on that topic right now. I don't have enough time for that. But man, White Sox are going to be good. You know, I was working at NBC Sports Chicago last night. I was working during the postgame show and got to see uh, Frank Thomas and Ozzie Guillen. I actually got to briefly meet Ozzie. Uh, interesting guy. And Frank Thomas had really good insight on the postgame show. He uh, he talked about how this team's going to be pretty good next year, he thinks. And I can't say I disagree with him. White Sox are doing some special stuff. Loy Jimenez is unreal. Jose Abreu, they need to bring back Jose Abreu. That was the consensus last night. They need to pay him. <clears throat> Jerry Reinsdorf. <clears throat> Gotta pay Jose Abreu. Tim Anderson, how about a turnaround there? Same thing with Yohan Moncada. Get this team some pitching, and you're in good shape. And they said it They said it last night, and it, was, it put it in perspective because I forgot about him. The forgotten guy in all of this is Larry Garcia. How about the improvement there? And now this brings me in, let's go back to the Cubs here. The White Sox have a leadoff hitter. 
Larry Garcia has been a really good leadoff hitter. Cubs don't have a leadoff hitter. This is what I was talking to my to the photographer about on the way back from Mount Carmel versus Loyola Academy. It was a great high school football game. It was an incredible game. And we were talking. Cubs should have made it a point to re-sign Dexter Fowler. And I know at the time people were saying, you know, maybe maybe they don't have the money for it. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe they need a change. He's leaving anyway. There's interest. Who knows? There were a bunch of factors there, if I remember right. But they should have made it a point to bring him back and be an everyday leadoff hitter. I love the idea of Anthony Rizzo leading off. He jokes he's the greatest leadoff hitter of all time, and, well, statistically speaking, he is. But he needs to be down in the order bet. He needs to have someone on base with him. Jason Hayward, they won with him in the leadoff spot, but he didn't have the best batting average up there. Ben Zobrist, I guess, would be your prototypical guy, but I think he needs to be down lower, too. Should have kept Dexter Fowler. That's all. I mean, just simple solution there. And now they got it. So this offseason, leadoff hitter, get a leadoff hitter. I know it's changed. I know. I know the game has changed, and and you've got the Anthony Rizzo's batting leadoff. You've got the George Springer's batting leadoff. But you got to have a solid guy up there. At least George Springer's in there every day. You're not having oh one day we're we're gonna have Anthony Rizzo, and one day in August we're gonna put Albert Almora in the leadoff spot. No, don't put Albert Almora in the leadoff spot. The guy can't hit. New manager and a leadoff hitter. Probably the two biggest needs for next year. And some pitching help if you can make it work. But manager and leadoff hitter. And get rid of Addison Russell. I don't understand. He got hit in the head. Was it last week, week before he got hit in the head? And he's playing through it. They wanted to see how long they could string it out. He's not good. He's not good. I mean, it's playing a simple out. I mean... Anything I know people have thoughts about him because of the off-the-field stuff. That Put all that aside. Look at the numbers. He is not good. 2016 was a fluke. Absolute fluke. Standard batting stats from baseball reference for Addison Russell this year. 76 games, so decent sample size here. 227 batting average. Really? You're going to let Addison Russell, you're, you're going to wait around for Addison Russell to come back and his 227 batting average? Hey, hey whatever floats your boat, I, I just disagree. I think he needs to go. I don't know if anybody's going to take him. It's going to have to be, it might be one of those release him situations because I, I don't know if there's even any suitors out there at this point. But yeah, I, th- I think Addison Russell needs to go and I hope Javi Baez gets healthy. He did not look comfortable swinging that bat yesterday against the Cardinals. I said it when he came out there. We were sitting in the newsroom at NBC Sports Chicago, and I'm just like, they're going to let him bat? I couldn't believe it. Could not believe that. And he took that first swing, and I'm like, this is not going to end well. Oh, updated playoff chances. This just came out from Buster Olney, or someone just retweeted this. That's my friend Madeline Kenny retweeted it from Buster Olney. National League playoff chances per fan graphs. St. Louis Cardinals, 99.6% chance of making the playoffs. That means my brother's going to be happy that the Cardinals are making the playoffs. Washington Nationals, 98.6%. Milwaukee Brewers, 90%. Chicago Cubs, 9%. 9% chance of making the playoffs, so it could still happen. They could be sitting here, I could be predicting the season's over, and they could be playing in the wild card game a week and a half from now. Yeah, that's not going to happen. They're done. This season, it's over. They've given up. No. It's it's done. I think I'm done venting about the Cubs. I don't know. I might find a way to circle back because I'm. It's, this is just ridiculous. I always joke with my I joke with my roommate. He's an Indians fan. He's been working for the Cubs. Every so Sunday through Thursday nights, the great Les Grobstein is on six seventy to score, and after a rough game. I will turn to Andy and I will go, well, I'm going to bed early so I can get some Cubs therapy with Dr. Grobstein. I think I'm the only one who's called it that, but I think it's appropriate. Well, I'm going to just call this Cubs therapy today. I feel like I should have a big poll and it should be like Festivus. 
I got problems with all of you people, and you're going to hear about it. That's me talking about the Cubs. I got problems with all, I got problems with everybody. One thing we didn't mention, I don't know how I didn't mention this. Did anybody see Anthony Rizzo coming back in time? He came back, what was that, Wednesday, Thursday, when he just showed up in the lineup? It was Thursday. 20 minutes before the game. Oh, hey, Anthony Rizzo's leading off. I was in a meeting. I'm president of the Society Professional Journalist chapter up here at Loyola. And I checked my phone after the meeting, and I see Anthony Rizzo's leading off. And I checked Twitter. I'm like, that's got to be fake. And I saw my, I saw Cheryl Ray Stout tweeted out, and I just retweeted. I go, excuse me? And then he hit the home run. But it was all for nothing because the Cubs lost the game in 10 innings. But Anthony Rizzo's out there on a bad ankle. And whether or not he should be is up for debate. I mean, I think if he's out there, I would uh, I would hope the doctors cleared him. I would hope he went through went through specific treatment. I cannot talk. And he, he's from what I understand, he's ready to he's ready to go. He's not he's not full strength. You've seen that when he's running the bases or charging a bunt. But hey, gotta give him credit for being out there. So between Rizzo coming back suddenly, Baez just showing up at the batter's box yesterday. This team's beat up, but I, I got to give them credit. They're, they're trying. They're trying. Give me all this false hope just to raise, raise my hopes and dreams, bring them back up, and just gone. <sighs> you know, I'm so, I'm so spoiled. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here. It's 2019. And this is my fourth year at Loyola. The Cubs have made the playoffs every year I've been here. And this, and now senior year, they're just going to blow it. They won the World Series my freshman year. It was tough to top. And every year since, and now it's, they're not going to make the playoffs. And I'm just going to be like, this is going to be the longest offseason I've been through since I moved to Chicago. Man. Man alive. Just look, I'm, even, I'm pulling up the standings again. I don't even remember what their record is. The Cubs right now are 82 and 73. I mean, it's not great, but in the grand scheme of things, over the last, let's see, they won the World Series in 2016 and went 108 years without it. Cubs fans that I know who suffered through those tough, those tough years of Cubs baseball, 82 and 73 would be like, okay, it's not too bad. They're over 500, but they're also now in third place. I'm ready for football. Like, just bring me football. I'm still, I I drank the Kool-Aid. I'm still on the Mitch Trubisky bandwagon. I'm not saying he's going to be the MVP this year by any stretch. I still think he's going to have a really good game tomorrow night against Washington. Again, Bears four and a half point favorite. I think they're going to cover. I think they're going to win 24-17. That's just my guess. So Bears are in a decent, they're in a weird spot. Decent spot, I guess. They're Room for improvement. Uh, let me see the any update on Eddie Pinheiro. Eddie Pinheiro came out yesterday on the injury report as questionable because of his he's got an, his knees bugging him. I saw that from Jeff Joniak, and I'm like, what? Yeah, he was limited yesterday because he hurt his knee. So now the question is, if God forbid. Eddie Pinheiro can't kick. Who's going to be the kicker tomorrow? And it's at this point that anyone who laughed at me for taking a backup kicker in fantasy, they're like, oh, why are you taking a backup kicker? Ha! Who's laughing now? This is why you get a backup kicker so this doesn't happen. Yes, I have Eddie Pinheiro as my backup kicker on my fantasy football team. No, I don't regret it one bit. This is why you get a backup kicker so when something like this happens, you're not sitting there going, oh, crap, we got a game on Monday night. And we don't have a kicker because his knee hurts. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, if Matt Nagy likes to call his trick plays, have Khalil Mack kick. That'd be funny. Or have uh, Akeem Hicks go out there and kick. Could you imagine? That'd be fun. That would be really fun. But it's not going to happen, though. We're running out of time here. And Cubs play today at 120, and what's sure to be their last game at Wrigley Field, assuming they get it in before the rain, and they're going to get swept by the Cardinals, and I'm going to 
see if my professor will just give me the A in class because I accurately predicted that the Cardinals, who were previously 0-6 at Wrigley Field, would come in and sweep the Cubs. I'm still laughing about that. He laughed me out of the classroom for that. And I was emailed him this weekend about stuff, and I'm like, oh, by the way, I'm 2-for-2, and now I'm 3-for-3 after that game yesterday. That was brutal. I mean, I I would love to be wrong. I would absolutely love to be wrong if the Cubs managed to win today, assuming that, again, assuming they get the game in. I mean, I'm even going to check the weather here. We still got a little bit. It, last I saw, they were calling for rain this afternoon. So we'll see. But anyway, Bears play tomorrow night. Cubs play tonight. It's going to be an, another interesting week. We'll see what happens. So. I'm out of time here, so thank you everyone for joining me on my maiden voyage here as host of the Sunday Sports Shootout, and we'll see you next week.